Hey guys, Kyle here. It's with a deep and profound sadness that I'm here to tell you that Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther, has passed away at the age of 43 after his four-year-long battle with colon cancer. And it's just made me very, very, very sad. It's hard to find words for moments like this. A lot of times with celebrity deaths, um, they make me sad, but this one hits really close to home. This one really has bothered me. 43 is way too young. It feels like he was robbed of a lot of life. Um, and he had a four-year-long battle with this colon cancer I didn't know anything about. So I think because I didn't even know he was sick, it's even more shocking to me. By all accounts, he was a great man. He was a great husband. Um, everybody has nothing but positive things to say about him. But I think the most important thing right now is that our thoughts and prayers are with his family, with his friends, and ultimately with his fans too. This is an extra painful loss for me because the Black Panther and Chadwick's performance of that character stood for something. It stood for a lot more than just another superhero movie, especially if you think about the time we're living in with the racial tension and the division. Chadwick gave black kids and white kids alike a hero that they could cheer for, that they wanted to be like. Black kids now had a superhero to look up to. He was strong, he was powerful, but yet peaceful and graceful. And I think that impact is going to live on for a long time. It's also crazy to me to think about the fact that he shot Infinity War and Endgame and a lot of these other classic movies all while battling this colon cancer. It's super courageous. It must have been hard for him. But he gave us these memorable, lifelong, epic performances while battling cancer, and I, I can't get over that. A couple other things come to mind when I think about this, too. That scene in Endgame with the portals and the fact that he walked out of that portal first and the look on Captain America's face. You know, Black Panther stood for hope. And that scene is always going to hit a little harder now. And we can get into what this means for Black Panther 2 and the Avengers further down the road. But his impact is going to last for a long time. And I'm just really sad about it. So sorry if I don't have something more elegant to say, but it's really been bothering me. Robbie and I actually already recorded the episode you're about to hear last week before this news. So I wanted to quick check in with you guys, let you know about this, and then hopefully that can help explain our tone in the next episode you're about to hear. But man, it's a big loss for us in the Marvel community. Makes me sad. It's a loss for his family for his friends, and our thoughts and prayers go out to him. Hopefully you can still enjoy this uh, upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening.
back to another episode of Friends from Work, a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is hosted by me, Kyle Sconowill, and my friend, Robbie Earl. I want to take a quick second to say, if you're just finding us, we are super pumped you're here. We're thankful you're listening. We have already gone back and covered the entire Infinity Saga, movie by movie, <laughs> in previous episodes in our season one. So we encourage you to go back and listen to those. We love that. Um, and we'd love to hear your feedback on those episodes. But now we are in our summer series where we're kind of branching a little bit out from the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we wait for new Marvel things to come out, which hopefully will be soon. So that's a little catch-up. I wanted to say hi to you, Robbie. How are you? Do you have any thoughts on that? Hi. Uh, just that the wait <laughs> is real, man. I feel like sitting here in the, the struggle wake is real. of this DC fandom, Kyle and I have been talking about it, um, as the diehard Marvel fans that we obviously are, it hurts a little bit. There's a little... Little twang of pain in there, seeing, <laughs> seeing all of this momentum, all this, all this love for all of the characters, except for the Marvel ones, which I know is a bit greedy, right? Because I mean, Marvel and Disney, especially, had just an insane 2019. So you know, other folks can definitely have their day now, but right, you know, come on. Well, so today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Robbie and I actually got a chance to play the new Avengers video game that's going to be coming out. We played the beta of it, and we thought we'd give you an early sneak peek slash early release review of this beta so we can kind of talk about it. But before we dive into the details of that game, I did want to talk about what you were just bringing up. So I have two things, Robbie. Marvel news is one, and mm -hmm. DC news is the other thing. I just want to quickly, I'm talking like, brief here just touch on on <laughs> the marvel news front you're absolutely right i texted you it's amazing marvel basically owned 2010 to 2020 i mean they owned dc in that era oh so right, if there right. ever was a chance for dc to kind of get out from under their wing and do something it's probably now maybe maybe 2020 to 2025 can be dc's era who knows but on the marvel front I just feel like, and I posted an Instagram story about this earlier at the FFW podcast, I feel like something's happening really soon on the Marvel front, don't you? I just think Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm saying like within the next month, they're going to announce the release date. That's what I think. Right, because I know that, that Falcon Winter Soldier was supposed to come out sometime around now. So I feel like yep. by the end of September, it would at least make sense to have some sort of release date out there. Because am, am I right in thinking it It wasn't... I know that WandaVision was officially pushed to 2021. That is not necessarily the case with Falcon Winter Soldier, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, and I know that Disney is also going to feel out the Mulan thing. You know, right. and that might help determine Falcon the Winter Soldier slash Black Widow slash... Does maybe Black Widow have to release before Falcon and the Winter Soldier? And we don't even know that. Right. Which, you know, so maybe... Also, we haven't even gotten to movie. discuss on here the the whole Mulan strategy, which I think is, 
Yes, we need to just, okay, 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 oh, let's, okay oh, I love this. <laughs> let's get into this a teeny bit. So for those of you who don't know, Disney is going to be putting out Mulan. It was supposed to be in theaters this summer. It's going to be putting out that movie available for streaming on Disney Plus, but for $30. So it's more of like a pay-per-view, which is a lot of money for a movie. But then I was thinking, okay, if you're not going to the theaters, maybe you could invite a friend or two over and right. kind of treat that like it was your movie theater, and then it's not that expensive because you're saving money from what you would have spent in the theater. But I am, I have no hot take on that. I am fascinated to see how this goes. Yeah. I could see a scenario where a ton of people pay the $30 because it's entertainment and it's something new for them and it's mm -hmm. a full-fledged movie, and that goes on to fundamentally change how we view theaters, maybe. Like, if that's so successful, why wouldn't they also put Black Widow out that way? Right. Um, even when the pandemic is over, do they go back to not putting stuff out like that? We're on the edge of like a technology changing is how I feel. And right. I don't know how that's going to go, you know? And maybe the pandemic just f sped that up basically, like forced them into it. Um, but also, does it not go very well? Are people not willing to spend $30? In which case... Do they stick with the theaters like Tenet is doing right. for Black Widow? That's It's just a really interesting thought. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because I don't know if you and I talked about this back in the day, but I always feel like, obviously, Disney's primary concern is, is making money off of this massive blockbuster opportunity with Black Widow. And I think Mulan gives them... Not that Mulan would not also be a pretty big blockbuster, but I, I, I don't think it would make Black Widow money, ultimately. And I think that it can kind of be a a guinea pig. But I think even beyond the the income side of it, my thought, and I think this goes back to when we were first talking about what would happen with Black Widow at kind of the beginning of the summer, is that beyond just needing to make sure you you get the kind of money you need from the film, you also, I feel like, need to make it feel like a significant release, if that makes sense. Like, you, you need to make it not right. feel like you just kind of, like, plot something out. Yeah, because, like, for instance, yeah. that that movie Onward, um, yes. which was the last Pixar movie, just kind of, like... It totally got lost. To yeah, exactly. It just sort of popped up. And it's a Pixar movie. That That's a big deal, right? Like Now, the only difference there is, like, that movie actually was in theaters for, like, two weeks. Right, right. So it kind of got lost in the shuffle that way. Maybe their argument would be if we hype up the Disney Plus release, we can make it, like, a special event? Maybe. Yeah. Like maybe even commercials on TV and stuff for it. Right. But I still just think that I, I, the reason I say this is I wonder if the $30 price tag, like what you're saying, does make it feel like you're almost getting a ticket to something that is worth bringing. You know, I, don't, I don't know how much people are really inviting people over to their homes these days anyway, but you know, at least makes it feel like an event. However, I am still tempted to say, I mean, 30, 30 feels a tad high to me. Um, and, it's and we'll a little see. pricey. We'll see how it is. Is it thirty I mean, plus the subscription fee? Yeah, yeah. So you so you already have to have Disney Plus, which rules out a large portion of people. Right. Plus thirty dollars. But on their on their side of things, it's like there might be some people that actually sign up for Disney Plus because they want to watch this movie and pay the thirty. So not only do they get the thirty dollars, they get a new subscription. Right. So it could theoretically make them a ton of money. Which again, I kind of get because I, I know some folks downloaded Disney Plus or, or, or subscribed to Disney Plus pretty much just for The Mandalorian. And since The Mandalorian has been over, have kind of cut off their subscription. So Disney could also, I mean, they haven't had any really new content since then, though, which is crazy, right? Because 
Well, a, a lot of people haven't had a ton. Well, right. But yes. But I just mean c- kind of compared to, I feel like, what their plans were. You know, like there was just so much that was going to happen with Disney Plus, and then obviously this year is this year. But but no, I mean, I, I think it will be interesting to see. It still feels really strange to me to imagine Black Widow coming out that way. I mean, like you're talking about Tenet. It seems like we're trending towards things being back in theaters. Obviously, I have no idea beyond just kind of my own sense, but... It still seems like a movie that there would be people that would pay for the experience of the big screen. I mean, I don't know if that has changed yet. And maybe in some ways, if the theaters are open, people would be dying to go back to them. So maybe... Maybe it would be huge if they put it in theater. See, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't have an answer, but it's, it's interesting to think about. I also wanted to add that, you know, we have a tendency on this podcast to record stuff, and then by the time we release it, <laughs> the information has changed. <laughs> That's true. So let's pray That's actually true. that that happens for this, though. Maybe by the time you're actually hearing this podcast, Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been announced. So maybe it's like the reverse <laughs> jinx here is what we'll do this time. That's true. Maybe we're uh, speaking it uh, into existence. Yeah, true. Right. Okay. And then I also want to touch on... You know, I was thinking, I, t- I think I texted you this. I was just thinking about, like, what you're saying. Like, for 10 years, Marvel owned this scene where it was like, I knew the next movie coming out, and it was only a few months till it came out, and there was right. so much hype. There was commercials. There was talk about it. We knew when it was going to be. And basically for 10 years, it was kind of that way for a lot of people, for but for me in particular. Right. During that time, DC was putting out like crappy movie after crappy movie and they couldn't get their stuff together. So it kind of just got so lopsided to where Marvel was just totally owning this all. And then, you know, obviously I was thinking about, we said this before, Endgame came out and I all I wanted was a break. And <laughs> careful what you wish for, you know, because right. now it's been so long and it, I haven't even heard anything about Marvel. I was just thinking, I watched Star Wars on my plane today and I was thinking... I haven't heard anything about Star Wars or Marvel in so long. Like, think about that. For 10 years, right. it was like their biggest thing, and now all of a sudden it's been a year and a half, and we just know nothing. And that's not their fault. But yeah. while I am sitting here knowing nothing, DC had their conference. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting here, and we're going to talk about the Avengers video game in one second, but they released the trailer for the new Arkham Knights video game. And... Mm-hmm. They released the new Wonder Woman trailer, and they released the new The Batman trailer. Right. And, I, and they released this promo for Suicide Squad 2 with James Gunn, which hurts a little bit. We talked about that. <laughs> right. And I watched all of those things. And I'm not going to lie to you, Robbie. Like, this is from a diehard Marvel fan. Some of it looks pretty cool. Like, the Batman trailer looked pretty cool. Now, I oh, know yeah. I'm, I'm not getting into that because there's a lot of things about it that were funny to me. Like the Riddler is basically the Joker. They're using like the same font. It's very similar in vibe. Right. So like it felt a lot like they're trying to recreate the Dark Knight and I'm not ripping them for that. But I just got, I got to thinking like, well, and then we're listening to James Gunn talk about how this is his favorite project he's ever worked on. That Which hurt. hurts me that inside. Hurt. Which I'm like, don't say that. And it's probably just promo, right? He probably right. has to say that. But I kind of like was absorbing all that and thinking, man, like if Marvel is not careful, and I've said this before, like we've just assumed that they're better and that they're going to be on top. But I was sitting there thinking if they're not careful, they could lose this mantle a little bit. And that's what makes me a little bit nervous about some of these decisions they make going forward. And I'm not going to get into all the particulars, but we've talked about it, like the mutants, right? Or how they handle post-Endgame. Like right. Endgame was so big that I'm just nervous a little bit what's going to happen now for the next 10 years. And, and I know you said back to me, look, 
Marvel and DC are both having to deal with the pandemic, right? And Marvel does have stuff announced like DC does. Just right. in that moment, though, the momentum felt like it swung to me a little well, bit. And, and I will say, just as kind of another perspective on this, uh, if we look at it as Disney sort of coming off of this epic run and to the extent that DC is not and is trying to create one, um, you know, I, I do think that in an ideal world, both universes thrive, right? Like I would love to be getting a ton of great DC stuff. I, I'm never going to have the same attachment to it. But do you I feel would, that way? Or is there a rivalry that keeps you from wanting them to be good? I mean, I, look, there's <laughs> a, look, there's a bit of, there's a bit of a rivalry, but, but, but a healthy one and that I don't like, look, I don't want them to fail. Like I want, I like comic stories. I like them done well. I mean, we talked about how much we love the Dark Knight trilogy. Like I would That's like to see stuff. Too. You like know, Batman's but, an interesting character inherently. Right. So I would right. love to see a good Batman movie. And, and I will say, I think one of the, one of the big differences and, and one of the reasons why I am kind of rooting for DC in this moment is I don't know if you saw, um, I guess a week or two ago, I mean, there was a massive round of layoffs at DC. I didn't um, see that. Because, uh, so essentially, Warren, and this is again kind of interesting talking about Disney Plus here, you know, HBO Max, the launch just was not what Warner thought it was going to be. And basically, Warner and AT&T have just been hemorrhaging money. And I don't think that that actually is the fault of DC. And what's interesting is a lot of the layoffs were on the DC Comics side. So like uh, some, some writers, a lot of artists were like, go, um, which is a bummer because it really, I, I have to imagine comics is probably one of the one medium that's actually still kind of thriving now since shots have been back open and, and people can still buy digitally. And um, so it was just sad because, you know, a lot of the folks I follow are kind of in that in that world. Right. So, I mean, you know, I would love to see them kind of be able to, to rebound from that. Uh, absolutely. I just also want, that's I don't fair. want it to be at the expense of Marvel. Right. You just made the rivalry very personal. And yeah, it's hard to root against like said writer. <laughs> so right, yeah, right, I'm not saying right, that. Right. <laughs> but obviously, you know, I mean, obviously if there's a, if there's a matchup, we're going to head to head. I'm always going to want, want uh, the Marvel guys. To you know, out. and I, one last thing, and then we have to talk about the game, but that's actually another thing that's fascinating to me. I'm a big stock market guy and I might do a Kyle talks on stocks, but Disney <laughs> stock like skyrocketed a few weeks ago. And it was actually because even though all their parks were closed and everything, their subscribers for Disney Plus were way higher than people expected. And Hamilton on Disney Plus was actually oh, right. the highest streamed thing, even more than Netflix stuff. Oh, wow. So it, it shot up their stock because they had so many subscribers. I don't know the exact numbers, but they way surpassed their goal they were hoping to have for like five That's years. Right. They've already and you know what? You them. just proved me wrong. I totally forgot about Hamilton. Whenever I was saying there really hasn't been a big release since. Yeah, true, true. Since that was a huge deal. Yeah. Well, and but my point is, so even though I just said the momentum feels that way, I guess there's still things like that where I'm a little bit proven wrong. Not that Hamilton is the is the Marvel versus DC thing, but I'm like, right. DC is still laying off people because, unfortunately, of their lack of subscribers. And for some reason, Marvel and Disney are still having record subscribers. So right. it's still lopsided. It's still Marvel's world, and DC's just living in it. But I just felt like with some of those new things, some of, them, some of the things that look pretty cool, maybe right. they could tip the scales. Okay, let's talk about the Avengers video game made by Square Enix. So, for those of you who don't know, this game's been hyped for a little bit. Robbie and I have kind of talked about it briefly in different episodes. 
about wanting to try it. Robbie actually got a hold of a beta copy and then texted me and said, dude, you should try this. And ideally, if we could play it together, basically, like you could play as Captain America and I could play as Iron Man. Right. Spoiler alert, I got super busy and didn't realize that I was going to have to play hours of campaign before <laughs> I got to the multiplayer with Robbie. So unfortunately, we haven't done that portion of it yet, the multiplayer portion. But that just but means I said there's to Robbie, more fun to come, you know? Absolutely. I said to Robbie, I got a chance to play a lot of the campaign, though. And as I was playing, I called Robbie to live give my thoughts on the game as I was playing it. And I thought, all right, we need to do this in a podcast episode. There may be some of you out there that are interested in this game. And so Robbie and I are just going to give a few of our first initial reactions to this Avengers video game, which, again, is a little bit of our tie to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sure. Um, we've talked about Spider-Man PS4 before, so here we are talking about the Avengers game. I am talking a lot. Wow, I'm excited. What the heck? Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you talk, but can I give you my three main disclaimers to this? Then let's talk about the game. Nitty oh, yeah, okay? absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this game. I'm excited about there being a Marvel video game universe, as I've said before. I'm excited to see how Miles Morales and the Insomniac Spider-Man game could maybe somehow work into this in some facet, right? We don't know this yet, but I'm excited about the idea. Okay, here's my three disclaimers. Here mm -hmm. we go. Deep breath. I, in general, just preference, prefer open world games to more linear games. Same Basically, here. I like my games to let me decide which direction I go, which part of the story I go do next, versus there's one path and you have to like fight through that path, but you walk along one path, right? Mm -hmm. So I prefer open world games. So that's already one thing I want to say. Disclaimer. Second disclaimer. The bar is really, 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 really high for games like this. If you know me, you know my love for Spider-Man PS4. And if you listen to my Kyle talks, you know my love for other games like that, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Red Dead Redemption 2. And so the bar has already been set really high for these styles of story games. Okay? That's my right. second disclaimer. And my third disclaimer is this was just a beta that Robbie and I were playing. So there oh, are some point. things that might be tweaked or adjusted by the time the game actually does come out. Although the game is coming out soon, so I don't know how much time they would have to tweak it, I need to give that third disclaimer of this is a beta, so some things could still change. Right. Right. Okay. That was a lot of talking. That was an epic Kyle rant. There's my three <laughs> opening disclaimers. Where do you want to start with the actual game? Um, well, one, I, I think that is a great point about it being a beta, and and frankly, I don't have a ton of experience. I mean, I've played a few, uh, you know, across the years. Um, and I haven't always noticed massive differences between those and the final game. However, it's also unclear, you know, when they had finished this beta. So, you know, and, and how long it would take to, if they've started doing things after the first weekend when it was out or whatever. But I think that that is important to, to note. Um, I would also say, you know, the interesting thing here, to your point about kind of the Marvel game reverse is that I, I do feel at one point that it was very much communicated to us as fans that the Spider... I mean, I think this is a direct quote from the head of Mar Marvel Games, right? That Spider-Man PS4 game was intended to be the Iron Man of the Marvel Gamerverse. Like, it was supposed to be kind of the first piece in this extended universe that would tie together. 
Right, ha- and pause you there. Like a hint of that is like inside the game, there's an Avengers Tower in Doctor right. Strange's uh, lab. You know, right? You've got Jessica Jones's, um, you know, PI lab, office. Sorry. You've got, yeah. I mean, you've got all kinds of stuff, like little Easter eggs. Even e- even whenever he goes by Avengers Tower at one point, you know, he says something like, "Wonder where the Avengers are." I think they might be on the West Coast. And then you know, around that time, we're getting word back then that the Avengers game was going to involve something on the West Coast and start out with them in San Francisco, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second, is how the game starts. But I think what's weird is about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, you know, there was this word that Spider-Man is actually going to be a playable character in this Avengers game only on the PS4 version, which makes sense given the Sony rights. But along with that announcement, and I don't know if you and I have really talked about this yet, they seem to indicate that it is not the Spider-Man that we know from the PS4 game. Which is just a massive mistake. It feels like such a strange call, and I have to imagine it's it's another one of those Sony Marvel licensing issues where maybe they thought that they know. were going to work something out, and they didn't. But it feels like a... I mean, right, because even there's even a line of comics that's been coming out kind of in conjunction with these games that are called like the Gamerverse comics, right? And I don't... I don't know why you would go to the trouble of of calling something Gamerverse and then having them all be their own separate games. That's not a a universe. Those are just <laughs> separate stories. I right? know it would be so much more fun if when Spider-Man like meets the Avengers, he could reference his game like Devil's Breath, like tell them about that right. or whatever. But if they're not tied, then it's yeah, it's just not as cool. So, and, and I say so. that because that's kind of one of the big disappointments I had going in, just that there wasn't going to be that that connectivity, um, especially because you know you and I have enjoyed that Spider-Man game so much, and there's a lot of investment. And I'm probably going to end up, and I imagine you will too, be referencing that Spider-Man game a few times through this because that is. In my mind, just, I mean, that and, and kind uh, yes. of the, the Arkham <laughs> yeah. games are about the gold standard for a superhero game. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's what I was referencing when I said the bar is so high. Right. Is I, I'm comparing this to Spider-Man PS4. I have a pros and a cons of my first thoughts of it. Oh, Can yeah, I, I start that. with just the pros? Yeah. My, my first major pro was I am intrigued by the storyline they introduce. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, they start off in San Francisco with the full Avengers team and you play through this fight really quickly on the Golden Gate Bridge as you go between each character so you can kind of get a feel for each one. Yeah, I'd say you go three to five minutes kind of with each character. Right. I think the understanding is this is like the very beginning of the video game and the very beginning of the story. Right. Because basically something goes horribly wrong And it starts ruining San Francisco and it gets blamed on the Avengers. So it's kind of one of these five years later things or six years or something. Yeah. And the Avengers are totally disbanded and they're kind of outlawed. And this cataclysmic event has created the inhumans, basically mutants of sorts. And a guy, a doctor now wants to get rid of said inhumans. Basically, kind of like Days of Future Past. Yeah, that's tying true. That in. That's true. Basically, trying to remove this this inhuman gene, and therefore, I guess that's who you're kind of fighting. That's again, this is a beta, so that's a, that's the that's the beginning of the story. But I was intrigued by that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I feel like to the extent that I felt 
I felt clued into the story, I was invested. I think, again, one of the hard things about the beta is it, it, it gives you that opening level, which I would say was the, I would say was probably more, one of the more fun experiences for me, even though a lot of it's kind of, kind of training you just to understand the game mechanics. I feel like it does a good job of setting out the premise. I think it gets a little difficult there story-wise because it I just kind of pulls you out and drops you into another level, presumably a good bit further into the game, or at least yeah, right, at least a little bit further into the game. So at that point, I feel like I lost. It it sort of tries to catch you up and give you some of the uh, stuff you may have missed, and I'm not going to fault it for that, obviously, because if it's just dropping you into like from chapter one to chapter seven, I don't blame it for me not having the proper investment, but it made it a little hard for me to tell how how invested I would feel in the story all along the way, if that makes sense. Well, and that's why I just said I was intrigued because I can't judge the whole storyline if it's going to be well done. But the premise was interesting to me. Right. My second main positive takeaway was that they do really nail the feel and like the moves, like the fighting moves of each Avenger well. Like you see Black Widow with that electric bracelet thing. And mm-hmm. Thor has the moves you've seen from the movie. Like you throw your hammer and you do this smash down on the ground. And Hulk has got like, you know, the Hulk smash on the ground and the clap. And it's all these things you've seen before. And Iron Man, same thing, repulsor blasts and his chest piece. Right. Um, I felt like they did a good job with that stuff where it's like, oh, or even Cap. Like, oh, I've seen Cap do that move in right, the movie. Right. So it's fun to like fight doing that move. Like the, the jump over flip thing, right. throw the shield thing. Um, so I thought that was well done too. Yeah, and, and I think I told you this, but I, I feel like there are even moments like I I told you playing Iron Man sort of feels almost like this, like that scene in Age of Ultron when he's going through uh, Strucker's castle, like that kind of combat, which is really fun. Yes, it does. Um, and, and another thing that I think is important is that there was a point at which you kind of re-unlock certain characters, not all the characters, and can kind of play these different missions, and that's where you have online capabilities through the beta if you want it. And at first, I was getting kind of bored with some of these characters because I didn't realize the extent to which the skill tree that it gives you really does change how the characters play. And I mean, on some level, that's the same with Spider-Man, but the difference is, and I don't think this is better one way or the other, I would just say the difference with Spider-Man is I feel like you kind of start the game feeling you know, pretty much like your yes. Spider-Man. And then you do get stuff that, take that launches it on, you know, on these other levels. Like once you get the swing kick option, when, I mean, people that have played the game know what I'm talking about. It does change the way that you play with him. Mm-hmm. Here, though, I would say like, you know, Iron That's Man's a great example. That's because that game's perfect. Right, right. <laughs> Iron Man's a great example of this where like at one point I was like, okay, well, I can only like shoot people with a repulsor beam so much before it just starts to kind of feel monotonous. But then you can you can start unlocking all these other weapon systems that he has and these other kinds of moves that really do just make the character a ton of more fun to play. So to anyone out there that has only maybe da- that only had time to dabble, like I know you probably didn't even get to that point where you got to unlock these these separate things. That's when I was like, oh man, this is like what I always wanted playing as Iron Man to feel like. Because I think if if there's anything that's fun about Iron Man outside of you know RDJ's performance but what's fun about him in the movies is just that it's like all of these different gadgets that you never know he's going to whip out it's like all right, of this different stuff and so it it's really fun whenever you feel like you're in 
the middle of combat and you have all these choices and, you know, he's like flinging lasers and rockets around and stuff. So, I mean, it, it is, I do like the fact that the game gives you, you know, a lot of room for improving the characters beyond their initial introductions. So a lot of these style of games have very similar intros and in how they teach you the buttons. So right. like they put you right away in the story, at least Assassin's Creed Odyssey was like this too. And so was, um, Spider-Man and right away you're fighting and it, it tells you how to do it. So like hit triangle for this or whatever. So it gives you a glimpse right away of it. The difference is, um, Spider-Man we've commented before just does that so seamlessly. Right. Like the very first level of Spider-Man is like a perfect, perfect balance of teaching you the buttons while mixing in a story. It's not just straight up fighting. It's like stories are intertwined. Right. So this game does that pretty well on the bridge, but it's not as perfect as that. So I'd yeah. get like a B plus in that category. Yeah. My last positive is that for the most part, the dialogue seemed pretty good. Like the voices that come out of the characters are similar to what you expect and what you've been used to with the movies and have similar personalities, similar feel, similar look. Now, obviously, they're basing it off comics too. So, and so are the movies, I mean. So, right. like, I get that they're going to be similar, but for the most part, I was impressed with a lot of the dialogue in that facet and how it looks. But yeah. that actually leads me to my first negative then. So, those are my positives. My negative is that. And we've talked about this. They don't get Thor right, and nobody ever gets Thor oh, right. Oh man, I'm so glad I don't you know that why. Up. So like this game seems to embrace Thor one Thor. So he talks like this, and what are you talking about, Stark? Right. And and everybody in the world, I think, seems to like Ragnarok better, almost. Right. So I don't know why they wouldn't embrace a little bit more of Ragnarok vibed Thor, but they don't. And so therefore. Thor is a little bit of the cheesy character we worried he would be. Mm -hmm. And at he, least that's my first glimpse of it. And I, yeah. And I would like to see, you know, because we do have that, that, you know, five or six years later, whatever the break is, I would like to see maybe some, some, maybe he's changed, right. Some like infinity war in game type development. Um, and that could very well happen because I think that maybe they are trying to give us in that first level, like these are the prototypical, Avengers as you know them, and then we're going to kind of play with it. So maybe that's why they sort of start with that classic Thor idea. But, you know, I've played a lot of Marvel video games over the years, and it's just one of those things where I, I've i never had a game that lets me play Chris Hemsworth Thor. Like, I, like yeah. the, the Thor that I want, the Thor that I'm like, oh, man, it would be so fun to have a video game of this person has never, they're always giving me this, like, Zeus from the Hercules movie style of, oh, right. of Thor. And I'm just like not, ultimately it's hard. It's it's what Taika Waititi talked about whenever he did Ragnarok, where he said, you know, it's just hard to really relate or care about a character that is so aloof and feels, you know, nigh invincible. And that's why I think Ragnarok was so huge in the way he did it. And I think that to the extent this game doesn't, you know, give us some way to latch on and kind of relate to Thor. I think it's just going to be, you know, he he could still be a ton of fun to play. And I actually did think he was one of the more yeah, fun he was characters more, to play. Yes, he was one of the more fun characters to, act, to actually operate. Right. But I would love but to just But I don't see, feel invested in him at all. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, I Which think that's a Which is a beta, point. so it's hard to feel that way anyways. Right. But yes. 
The game definitely has like a um, Uncharted meets Fallen Order meets Spider-Man meets Arkham Knight's feel. So if you've played those games, you know what I mean. Like they're not fully open world, so it's a little more uncharted in that way where you're kind of walking through paths. Right. If you will. Um, but it has a little bit more of like the Spider-Man Arkham Knights feel in like the fighting. But yeah. here's the big kicker to me. This is my next con. Is in general, feel is such a hard thing to quantify, but the game feels a little clunky. Whereas it, well, at least in comparison to Spider-Man, if you play Spider-Man PS4, it's the smoothest feeling game I've ever played. And that's serious. That's serious. That's not exaggerating. And I'm sure they'll make even smoother feeling games going forward. So I'm not saying that, but so far with the technology, his fighting and like his swinging and his movement is so easy to control. Right. This was a little bit clunkier. Like, it's a little bit harder to dodge with Hulk, right, versus Spider-Man. And I get it. It's Hulk. He's not going to be as smooth. But you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't handle as well. So that was a big negative for me. Now, it's not terrible. It's still definitely playable. But just in comparison to the Elite games, I think that's important to note because I think you and I both were – I was pretty nervous, at least, about this game based on the trailers and kind of everything that I was seeing from E3 and stuff. So in some ways, it – it really. I was gonna say it exceeded my expectations absolutely. in some ways, and and fell short of my expectations in some ways. So, but but what I would say on the Spider-Man front, um, you know, so we talked about how you can't really put too much stock in kind of how good the story is or isn't based on a beta. I think that's fair, and to the extent sure. that the kind of the mechanics will change, which I, I have to imagine they can't change that much. But you know, we can also hold off. But I will say one thing I noticed. And I don't know if you're this way. I love the Spider-Man game story, right? But I one of the things that's interesting to me so much. is every now and then I can just pick up that game and just have fun just being Spider-Man, right? For like a decent amount of time. Like if I just want to kill some time, I can like go do one of the like warehouse okay. things. But all of that adds up to that feel, I think. Like basically because New York so excellently recreated, because right. Spider-Man feels so smooth, because the story's good, all of that is so immersive that you start feeling like Spider-Man. If some of those things are a little weaker, right. then you don't leave feeling like, oh, I can't wait to dive in and be Iron Man. Right. right? If well, it's and, not nailed. And that's what, I mean, I guess that's what's interesting to me is because I feel like a lot of it is the story, but some of it is beyond that because it because I really am fine with just, I mean, you know, eventually you get bored with it too because you're doing the same thing over and over again. But I have logged so many hours on that Spider-Man game over the years, just kind of coming back to it. And by the end of my first weekend playing the Avengers beta, I'm, I played every mission it gave, which is not saying a ton because there aren't that many. But by the end, I I was kind of tired of it. In that, like, it's, I mean, and, and these were not story-based missions, right? Like, it gives you, like, three story missions and then all these kind of side, almost training-type things to do. And so... I get why maybe those aren't super compelling, but at the same time, that's kind of what they offered us as the preview of the game. And I just found myself like, you're going through these, all of the levels kind of look the same. It's a lot of kind of going through these science labs or going through um, some like paramilitary base. And like the layouts are super similar. The goals are super similar. And I think again, 
this is going to be different if you're going if you're doing these kind of objective based things with a friend online. At that point, I think it becomes really fun. Yeah, um, the multiplayer thing is, is right. a good idea because there co-op. are some challenge- I love co-op. Right? No, to- totally. And and I think in, in that way that actually brings me back to my to my other point. And this is maybe a, a half pro and a half con, depending on who you are. This game, not graphics, right? I'm not talking about that. Although I think I think that graphics. I think graphics are, are pretty good, but not excellent. Um, but but in terms of like just the way the game feels, it feels very like late two thousands PS three to me. In that it's very like it's it's very level based. It's very like here's this kind of I don't want to say cookie cutter, but like you're going to go through here and then find the kind of boss at the end or final thing at the end and beat that and then go on to this next one. And I just feel like that's a type of game that we haven't seen a ton since I was like in high school. Um, right. That's actually my biggest negative. Right. Is, and it's it's the feel thing. And I wrote down that like, the game feels, I literally wrote, a little too linear with like too much similar fighting. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm now the Hulk, but it was like, okay, I'm walking through a path like you, like you just said, feels like, like it's the same kind of area, all just to fight a bunch of robots. And then even if I change characters, it's almost the same thing. Like their their moves look a little different, but they're the same button layout where I just walk through the same area and smash the same kind of people. Right. Um. And you know, on the story front, like. It would be hard to judge the story with just a beta because, like in Spider Man, there's if you gave me just one little glimpse of Spider Man, you probably wouldn't realize how good the story is. Like even as you're playing that game, you don't realize that how complex or how good it's going to be right. until you're like two thirds in and you're like, "Holy crap, this is all coming together!" Right? And it's like way well thought out. So maybe we're just getting a glimpse of it. But going back to the feel of it, yeah, that's what it is. It feels like almost dated, if that yeah. is weird to say. It's level based, like follow a path and just tons. Like I wrote down too much fighting. Like yeah. Spider-Man does such an amazing job of blending in like cutscenes and different kinds of missions. Some missions you're just chasing a pigeon and some some missions you're a little spider robot looking for something. Right. And so it never just feels like just straight like if you want to just straight fight, you know where you can go, like the bases you can go to. Um, right. but because it's open world, you can choose. So you don't have to, no. you don't have to, even, you don't even have to stop crimes if you don't want to, but this is a ton of just like, it felt like too much of like the exact same thing on repeat for me. And I only played a few hours. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so I will say, you know, the, the opposite side of what I was saying with, with kind of the late two thousands thing is the co-op and that, like, I feel like co-op in that way. I mean, you know, like in the way, whenever we were in like junior high and high school, where it was just like you would have people over and you would play through stuff like that together. And that was just, that's like one of the really fun parts of video games that I feel like it's gone more to an online competitive mode, which is also yeah. fun. But like, there is something that feels kind of nostalgic in a good way about that. Oh, the co-op, it, I didn't get to do it, but I, I love the idea. Yeah. Yeah. It will feel nostalgic. And so, and yes, Time period wise, if it feels like late two thousands, that's a good thing in that case. Right. I agree. And I'll also say, but even, I mean, but even the graphics, like you said, they're not they're not great. They're not very good. Like it's not cutting edge. If you throw in Red Dead Redemption two or Assassin's Creed, you're like right away like, or even Spider Man, you're like, right. holy cow, this right. is like next level for what we have. This is like okay, this is acceptable, but 
it doesn't look that great. Which is also interesting because, I mean, this game is going to be... It, it's it's kind of a strange yes. thing where it's being released on PS4 initially. And if you buy it on PS4, they're kind of... They're giving you the chance to upgrade for free to PS5 once the PS5 comes out. But also, out. those those games I just mentioned came out three years ago. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's interesting because this is like a game that ostensibly has been largely built for a next-gen console. So you would think that it would be like really pushing the limits of of kind of the capacity for graphics and i feel like it's definitely not doing that i was going to say that's another thing i don't know all the background but that's another thing you have to say it is a beta so right, if there's right. one thing that would seem to me that they could touch up it would be graphics that's with fair. a new console and whatever new engine but maybe not <laughs> it's not great to the combat i i wanted to say again kind of another pro con thing for me I came into it, I think, expecting, and this is because I've played a lot of the Marvel Alliance games over the years, which I, I still think are, are a ton of fun in a very different kind of arcadey way. But, um, but those were very, you know, button mashing. You're, it really, the only thing that really changes is kind of the cosmetics. I mean, like everyone has their own little special move, but really it's a lot of, of kind of blasting someone or punching someone. And I think that I was expecting that. I was actually pleasantly surprised how much each character's combat feels pretty unique. Like like Iron Man and Hulk and Black Widow all feel like very different to me when I'm playing them, which I like. I mean, it's obviously still the same buttons, but like Black Widow is a is a ton of fun. I mean, I talked to you about this. It's like she's obviously there's a lot of kind of grace there in the combat, but also some moves that I wouldn't have expected that makes it it almost feels kind of like Assassin's Creed esque. Um, and you know, Hulk is it, you feel careful, careful. Assassin's <laughs> Creed is the greatest combat I've ever played. But keep well, going. and I'm t- so I actually haven't played Odyssey, which is the Assassin's Creed reference that you have. I'm talking about kind of Assassin's Creed in general. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. But. And in some ways, I'm even talking about kind of old Assassin's Creed, which sort of speaks again to the to the dated aspect. Yeah, that, true. That said, what I was going to say earlier when you were talking about kind of just a lot of fighting, the thing that bums me out a bit um, is, like, I like for game, like, and I want to make sure I say this right. I don't want the game to be easy by any means because easy games are, are inherently boring games. I want it to be challenging. However, I think what's so impressive about some of the games you talked about, and specifically Spider-Man, is it's challenging and it's engaging, but you always feel like, at the end of the day, Spider-Man is is like going to be able to mop the floor with any kind of street level enemy, or like any any like thug that you come across that's like mugging someone, like Spider-Man is going to destroy them. And then you kind of have like these these different elements that get added that make it more challenging. But I feel like in this game, like, even whenever you're fighting, like, kind of standard henchman-type characters, like, I want Hulk to walk up and punch someone, and that person should go, like, flying, right? Like, because you're Hulk. Right. Hulk shouldn't have to punch a little robot, like, 20 times. Right. Which And that's just a strange, like, I feel like that's kind of one of the the minimal requirements is I want you to at least, I mean, going, I, this kind of speaks to, to your power levels thing, I guess. Where yes. I'm like, look, like, I don't want, yes, like, it takes, it, it takes the same number of punches for Hulk and Black Widow to knock one of these guys out. And that, that offends me 
at like a core level <laughs> just because I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I, I can't feel like Hulk if that's the case, right? Like I want- That's my point. There has to be a power hierarchy. That yeah. sounds dumb. Like I'm always joking about it, but in the back of your head, everyone has one. I, like I, I want, I want when you're Black Widow uh, or when you're Hawkeye or even when you're Cap to some degree, I want you to kind of have to be creative in defeating enemies because it's not that you necessarily always have this raw power over them. It's more sort of these skills that you've acquired that allows you to, to take down on these enemies. And that's what makes it fun to play as those types of characters. That's not Hulk. That's not Thor, right? Like as Hulk and Thor, again, there are other ways to challenge them, but I wanted to feel like you touch down that everyone's like, Oh gosh, I'm about to get destroyed. And I just never had that sense of, of kind of jumping into the fray and feeling like, one like feeling like you see Hulk rampage through and just be indestructible the way that we've seen him be in in the movies and in the comics, and so that was just kind of a that was a bummer for me that I I sort of doubt we see getting fixed, but I could be wrong. Um, again, I think the, that's a fair complaint. I mean, like the, Hulk in the Avengers movie is just smashing Chitari slash taking down giant giant ships by himself, right? So. He doesn't have a problem with one Chitari. <laughs> right. And I just And that's kind of what the game feels like. You're but I but I also understand if it got so lopsided in the game, you probably would never want to choose Black Widow if it comes to multiplayer, right? Because Hulk is the guy that's just easily running through the map then. True. You know? True. Theoretically. I mean, and, and I think that's where you they, just have, they to, get have to level it out a little bit for a game, I think. Right. No, totally, totally. I mean, but I, I guess I just feel like they, it could have been like I still want it to feel very different uh, when I punch someone with Hulk than I do with another character. And then I'm saying, like, give us maybe some downsides, right? Where maybe Hulk's like considerably slower or something like that, where it all kind of balances out. I mean, kind of what we've talked about being the best of like Super Smash Brothers whenever they can kind of figure out the the pros and cons of these characters. <laughs> the um, competitive balance. Deep Don't cut. get me started on Super Smash. Um, <laughs> okay, so my last takeaway is that all of these kinds of games have two inherent like potential problems. Well, there's probably a lot more, but there's two things that I always think I'm checking when I'm playing these games to see how well it does. One is like, especially in open world games, how do you find a way to make all the side missions or like the levels different to where they're not boring and repetitive? And even like one of my favorite games, Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, can get a little repetitive if you do all the side missions. It's either like go kill this guy or go collect this money or, you know what I'm saying, or right. find this one thing. And so over 100 hours of that, it can be a lot of the same thing. Spider-Man, again, was almost perfect in this, where it's like maybe a couple of the research stations get a little monotonous and repetitive right. or a couple crimes. But for the most part, on your first playthrough, if it takes you 40 hours, it all feels fresh. Right. It all feels fresh. And they they kept, in Spider-Man, they keep mixing in little things to keep it fresh, where it's like they'll mix in like a really amazing cinematic cutscene into your fight. Right. So, like, while you're watching the scene, you can't just set your controller down because all of a sudden you'll need to push a button for the scene. Um, and there's things like that that blew my mind. Now, this game did a, did that a teeny bit. Like, if you remember, there was that Hulk cut scene where he's, like, running through all this stuff. Right, right. And you're kind of involved in that. But somehow you have to find a way when you're making these games to make things new and fresh without it getting monotonous, even though you're trying to make it open world and huge. And that, I understand that's a huge task, but even in this game, 
It's not open world. And I only played it for like three hours. And I already, like you said, was feeling like monotonous and bored. Like in the Hulk mission, it was a ton of the same thing over and over and over again. Right. The second thing is you have to find a way with these games to make the combat and these missions feel fresh and fast paced, but not so fast paced that it gets so what we call button mashy, Mm -hmm. which is just like, there's so many guys attacking me as the Hulk that I don't know what to do other than just keep hitting square, 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 because all I'm doing is just hitting the same punch, like punch, 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 punch. And there's a grace in the fighting of Spider-Man or Assassin's Creed where the better you get at the game, sure, you add more moves. Right. But you can't just get away with hitting square, 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 square. Right. You have to start mixing in like the perfect time dodge. There's even a thing called the perfect dodge. Mm-hmm. And the new weapons like you're talking about that you learn, you have to mix those in. You can't just mash buttons or you won't win. Right. And I and I Especially will say Especially in Assassin's Creed. There yeah. was like so anyways with this game, it, I just got a taste of it, but my little taste felt a little bit button mashy at times and that makes me a little concerned. And and I w- I will say that's something else that I f- I found uh, gets a lot better as I was playing one of the kind of training missions. There's one that's pretty difficult to beat. That's when I realized that you could level up these skills. And that's where, like, you know, I talked about Iron Man. Hulk is the same way. I, I realized there are some moves, you know, where you can kind of jump up and slam down and everyone, like, flies off in different directions and, like, fun things like that that I think will become essential. Like you said, in the other games, they feel like bonuses. Like, oh, it's fun to learn that activity, and I now need to use it. But you already felt like the character before that. But I agree with your assessment that, like, with Iron Man, you don't fully feel Iron Man until you get those things. Yeah. That's a big difference. And I would say, like, what I just want to be – what I want to avoid, and maybe this is, like, my last substantive point on it, is this sense of not just – repetitiveness in the mechanics, but repetitiveness in the sense that like, okay, we're going into this place. We're going to have to destroy a bunch of things and get into this core room. And then we're going to fight either one big robot or like 10 medium sized robots. And then we have that objective and then on to the next thing. And as of now, yeah, Spider-Man does that amazingly well. Right. Doesn't exactly. Do that. Doesn't do that. Yeah. And, and as of now, I really have, I kind of have a bad feeling that that is going to be largely what this game ends up being and it still might end up doing that in a really fun way but that's kind of my probably my single biggest hesitation fair so in general to summarize this i still am excited to try it i'm really excited about the co-op multiplayer thing and i feel bad that we said some negative stuff about this game without really getting into that because i do think that could potentially be the strength of the game right so that could help redeem some of this but in comparison to some of these other games we're talking about, I my first reaction was that it falls a little short. Yeah. But I am interested to see how the gamer universe comes together, and I am interested to actually play the game. So that's my takeaway from the first beta. Yeah. I, I would be tempted at this point to to give it, I think, a B plus. I'd say B minus. Uh, okay. Okay. Fair. And, and again, you know, that's informed somewhat by, I think, where expectations were beforehand. But like for you sure. said, it's the beta. So I'm, I am genuinely excited for it to release and to kind of dig into some other things that I'm sure we were not exposed to. What do you guys think? Are you excited about this game? Have you played Spider-Man? Do you agree with what we're saying? Have you played this beta? Tell us your thoughts. You can hit us up 
anytime at any social media at the FFW podcast, but also please rate and review and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google, Amazon, anywhere. And we would appreciate that very much. We love all of you guys and we appreciate you all for listening to this. And as always, thanks for listening. This has been Friends From Work. Friends From Work.